This is Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And this is our podcast, Hashtag Life Goals. Just write it, write it like a cowboy. Write it like a cowboy. (laughs) Each week, we examine one of our life goals and figure out what steps we need to take to make them a reality. We've had bats, we've had cats, we've had rats. There's a pattern developing here. Yes. I'm going to watch out for wombats. (laughs) (laughs) So come join us. It's going to be fun. Hello, everybody. I'm Amy Covell. And I'm Chelsea Wingo. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to hashtag life goals. <laughs> this is this is we're 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 working on this. Bear with us, people. We're working on this with this new setup we have going on. Welcome to hashtag coronavirus. No 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 my corona. No no, please don't don't be doing that song. I've been hearing that song way too many times, Amy. We've asked John to join us. What about the Come On Eileen version? No, don't ruin that song for me. Don't ruin that song for me. Oh, I'm going to have to share that link for you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt my own intro. No, that's fine. That's perfect. (laughs) Well, spoiler alert Dawn is going to come on mic with us today for this very special coronavirus episode. Yes, if you, um, obviously, if you haven't been watching the news, what have you been doing? You got to be checking up or you're under a rock. But basically, most of America and around the world is under what they call stay at home or kind of self-quarantine Shelter at home. Safer at home. Shelter in place or safer at home. Yes, and basically everybody is in this state until... Who knows when the latest update as of right now, we are recording this on March 30th. So that way you are aware of the information of what we have. We have until April 30th for this extended shelter at home until further notice. Whether it be pushed, whether it be sooner, we don't know. But that's the information as of right now. So given with that state and that it's better to not travel and to not be in bigger groups, we are each individually recording at our own stations at home. I am at my apartment, Amy's at hers, and Dawn is our at our normal recording studio so we're doing this a little differently and it's going to be interesting the results yeah yield, I so don will probably have the best sound because he's the only one who's actually on a real microphone exactly <laughs> <laughs> i'm recording from my laptop right now so but it looks pretty good and in fact i'm i'm just going to phase the two of you out and make this a solo show <laughs> it's the dawn show welcome to dawn's life goals <laughs> Where he's going to tell you everything that Chelsea and Amy are doing wrong. Oh my gosh. And how you can do it right. Wait, no, hold on. What what would be good names if it was Don's own podcast? Donaphonic or something? I don't know why Donaphonic was the first thing I thought of for a podcast name. (laughs) That sounds like Don's going to do water sports. Donaphonics. Donaphonics. That's I'm teaching people how to pronounce words correctly is Donaphonic. Exactly. Donophonics. Exactly. Okay. That's perfect for a sound engineer. Perfect. There's your podcast, Donaphonics. <laughs> Don teaching people how to pronounce words. Right. That's <laughs> the whole thing. Call in, you pronounce a word, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Yes! You I love it. it. Oh, my God. That's fabulous. Uh, okay. All right. I'm glad that we're starting on a happy note because as... As the world knows, it's not a great time right now. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of panic. There's still hoarding going on. And we just are in a state of unknown, if that makes sense. 
And just so everyone knows, if you hear a dog barking, that is not podcast pup. That is Rex, my pup. Yes. I just had to turn off the uh, bark inhibitor because uh, I was yelling too loud. And so it was setting it off. And so he was hiding in the bathtub. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's not good. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit, he's in the bathtub. Okay, Rex, I'm going to have to trust you not to bark. <laughs> we'll see how long this lasts. Yes, exactly. I miss that fluff ball so much. Olive is having a slow a slow Monday right now because she was out chasing a red laser dot last night. And that's how <laughs> Jessica wears her out. You know, I all right. It. I heard the best dog story for quarantine. Mm-hmm. A family said their dog was always super, was super excited now that everybody was stuck at home for quarantine. Yeah. And they noticed something wrong with the dog's tail. So they took the dog to the vet. And the vet said their dog sprained her tail from wagging too much. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Is that the most adorable thing? It's adorable, but still the dog's in pain. And probably still wants to wag. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Do they have one of those little collars that you can put on their butts so that their tails won't wag? <laughs> yes, apparently they, they, they had to wrap the tail to prevent it from movement. Ah. But are you guys... Sure, let's dive in. You take the reins on this one, Amy, because as I have mentioned them before recording, uh, the first couple of hot days regarding this, I was not doing well. I was, like, panicking and all that stuff, you know, depression, because it's what I go through during tough situations. So Yes, me Chel- Chelsea's been freaking the fuck out. Um, I'm better now. I'm not is. as panicky as I was when I first started. The first few, but days I didn't were want really to tough. see her fall down the Corona hole, and so I opted to do the research. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to go down the Corona hole anyway. It's just whether I have to be presented the information or Amy, and I chose the latter. She would have spent hours doing the research, and she would have been such a mess by the time we got to recording today. Um, I mean, it's kind of a little bit of hype. I'm always a hyperbola of myself when I'm on this podcast, so I don't want to say I'm that way. But at the same time, there is a little bit of truth. So I don't know which end of the spectrum. There's I a lot of truth. Yet. A little bit. Okay. So I didn't do a ton of research because we are all inundated with news on every single channel from every single source every day. Yeah. Because yeah. this is a global pandemic. We are living the research. We are the living research, yes. We are living the research right now. But I did Mm -hmm. do some research. I wanted to give us some perspective. And then I'm going to pull up the numbers as they are today. Again, this is March 30th that we are recording this. So, of course, these numbers will change by the time our audience gets to hear this. So, we're going to put some things into perspective. All right. Anybody who... Does anybody remember the Black Plague? Yes. I remember. Not personally. Not personally, but I do remember reading about it in history, yes. Okay. Put this into perspective. The Black Plague killed over 200 million people. It ravaged China and traveled the Silk Road in the 1300s all the way to Europe, where it killed somewhere between 30 to 60% of Europe's population. Mm. And get this. The Black Plague still... As what? As just the Black Plague or as a different name under what virus? Nope. Still as the Black Plague, the bubonic plague, otherwise known as the Black Plague or the Black Death, still exists. There have been recorded cases in Africa, Asia, and South America. Ah, okay. Now, the Black Plague was mostly carried by rats, um, so that's Mm -hmm. why it is not as prevalent today as it was back then. It is only prevalent in um, 
underdeveloped areas that there are lots of that species running around. But it's not something we deal with on the regular. So no matter how big and scary the coronavirus numbers get, remember it's... That is true. That is true. The other thing with the rats is it's technically the fleas on the rats. Mm. Uh, the rats had it and the and the fleas would get it and bite the people and that's how it got to the people so easily. Mm. Um, that actually that actually so, does not make me so feel that, better. That makes me feel worse because I am less worried about being yeah, bitten by a rat, but I am definitely more concerned about being bitten by fleas because I may not notice it. Yeah, it, yeah. But yeah, I, also sure. it was at a time when medicine wasn't as modern or as well advanced as it is today. Very true. But also, we... Yeah, and my understanding is that that's part of why England does quarantines if you bring a pet there. Ah, makes sense. They want to make sure that you don't bring any stuff in And that is also why when you enter California, they ask you if you have any fruits and vegetables and why there are certain animals that you're not allowed to bring into California. Like, I had to get rid of my ferret when I moved back to California because they are illegal here. And they are illegal because ferrets can carry certain diseases that humans can catch. And they, the only uh, way to kind of stop them from coming up from Mexico is to make them illegal in the whole state. Next bit of info. All right. So the 1918 influenza pandemic, that was oh, the like- most severe pandemic in recent history. It was caused by an H1N1 virus with genes of avian origin. Now, this information comes from CDC.gov. Although mm-hmm. there is not a universal consensus regarding where the virus originated, it spread worldwide during 1918 and 1919. In the United States, it was first identified in military personnel in the spring of 1918. It is estimated that about 500 million people, or one-third of the world's population, became infected with the virus. The number of deaths was estimated to be at least 50 million worldwide, with about mm-hmm. 675 thousand cases occurring in the united states so we've gone from the black plague which was over 200 million people killed Mm -hmm. to the influenza pandemic h1n1 which was 50 million worldwide 675,000 in the u.s Mm -hmm. now we're gonna move to two oh yeah this was another h1n1 pdm09 virus otherwise known as swine flu yep i remember that very well So from April 12th, 2009 to April 10th, 2010, the CDC estimated there were 60.8 million cases, Mm -hmm. 274,304 hospitalizations and 12,469 deaths in the United States due to H1N1. The CDC estimated that 151,400 people worldwide died from H1N1 PDM09 virus infection during the first year the virus circulated. Now we're going to move, and we're a little out of order right now, because now we're going to go back a little bit to 2003. Okay. This is from the World Health Organization. SARS coronavirus, so this is another type of a coronavirus, otherwise known as SARS, was identified in 2003. It was thought to be an animal virus from an as-yet-uncertain animal reservoir, probably bats, that spread to other animals such as cats, and first infected humans in the Gudong province of southern China in 2002. 
The epidemic of SARS affected 26 countries and resulted in more than 8,000 cases in 2003. Since then, a small number of cases have occurred as a result of laboratory accidents or possibly through animal-to-human transmission in Gudong, China. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that we've had bats, we've had cats, we've had rats. There's a pattern developing here. Yes. I'm going to watch out for wombats. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's actually kind of funny. Probably a good plan. (laughs) All right. And then here's our last set of statistics. The Mm -hmm. seasonal flu. On average, seasonal flu strains kill about 0.1% of people who become infected. So that's not even 0.1% of the population. That's 0.1% of... Early estimates of coronavirus death rate from China were at about 2%. But later... A report on 1,099 cases from many parts of China, published in the New England Journal of Medicine, they now estimate it to be a little lower at 1.4%. So anytime people are super stressed out about the pandemic of the coronavirus, I want you to remember all those statistics. Because so far, the coronavirus is less than all of those other than the seasonal flu. Yeah, and and what's just really striking my mind right now is that now with COVID-19 is when we're having the pandemic. I understand basically for the Black Plague and like Spanish influenza, we couldn't do a lockdown or pandemic or shelter at home because those weren't in effect. But like the swine flu or 2003 SARS, why did we not do it then? I'm just, just, that's what's going in my mind right now. We had very few cases of SARS in the United States. It really mm. only affected right. Asia. So okay. um, I remember SARS, um, and it was mostly an issue with travel. SARS was not as deadly, and it was also not as widespread. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, I would say majority of cases were in Asia. Got it. And the only okay. cases that were in the United States were of people who had traveled to Asia. Okay. Now, with H1N1... They actually did call it a global pandemic when we had H1N1. But again, we did not have as many cases in the United States. We barely noticed the impact. Now, colleges felt it the most. Basically, it was a lot of colleges that were basically, if you were sick, you need to go home. You can't stay in the dorms. That was what we saw it the most. And the other problem is, is that with H1N1, we had a vaccine very soon. Because mm-hmm. H1N1 was just a mutation of a, the original H1N1 virus. So we already had it pretty mapped out. Right. So when PMD09 came up, there was a lot less mapping to do to create a vaccine. Because I remember okay. I had to go get an H1N1 vaccine because I was going to be traveling to see my brother and his family. And his sister-in-law was pregnant at the time. Mm. So I had to go get, they told me I had to either get an H1N1 vaccine or at least a flu shot before I came out to visit. So I remember it only being maybe less than six months before vaccines were available. But do you remember the huge run on vaccines? Uh, Maybe. It was, that was what was all over the news was that everybody was out of vaccines. Everybody was out of vaccines. There were long lines at Walgreens every time they get new vaccines in. So it was still a pandemic. It's just we have become a much more global world, mm-hmm. even just in the last 10 years since swine flu. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Got it. Well, the other thing to remember when you're looking at the numbers is that these numbers aren't in isolation from one another. Yeah, that is true. What's critical with COVID-19 is we're still early, relatively speaking. I mean, the numbers that you were giving us for H1N1 2009 were for almost exactly a year. Correct. I think it was, you said, April 12th to April 10th of the next year. Right now, we're looking at a couple of months in. So what you have to do is look at what does that curve look like? relative to other pandemics Mm -hmm. that we've had. And that's going to give you an idea. And that, of course, brings into the the reason that we're sheltering at home, the whole flatten the curve thing. Because we don't want to overwhelm the hospital's capability to handle this, or it's just going to explode. Yeah, exactly. So it's good that we're taking these precautions now. Most of us, not everybody, God, I keep on hearing things in the news. I'm sorry, this is my little rant right here of people throwing COVID-19 parties, people that are completely ignoring. I've heard rumors of people spitting on the groceries all over in a grocery mart, so then they had to get rid of all the food because it was then contaminated. Yeah, so things like this is pissing me off, which is why I'm trying not to get on the news as much. Well, (sighs) here are where the global numbers currently stand for COVID-19. Okay. Currently, there are 755,591 cases confirmed globally. Mm -hmm. There have been 158,527 people who have recovered from Mm COVID-19. And there have been 31,292 deaths globally from COVID-19. So even if we've hit the 500,000 deaths worldwide, We're still Mm -hmm. under all of those previous pandemics. So healthcare has gotten better. Our ability to to isolate these things and discover them and take action has gotten better. So as much as people say, we're not doing enough, we're not doing enough, comparatively to human history, we're getting better. Yeah, I definitely don't take that for granted. It's just some other people that think that, oh, I'm invincible. Oh, I can do this. And just that certain level of stupidity let's say is what boils my blood but yes you are right that medicine has improved and we are doing the best that we can to flatten the curve and yes that might mean that it could go longer but like you said we will stop overwhelming hospital beds and hopefully be able to turn other areas into makeshift hospital areas so that more people can be treated and that way we might be able to find faster ways to get drugs to be able to help those that need recovering faster and eventually a vaccine. Right. And I think one of the things that where people are getting frustrated when they hear 18 months to come up with a vaccine, it's Mm -hmm. because we had a vaccine so quickly for swine flu that people expect that we should have it faster when they don't understand that the vaccine for swine flu in all reality already existed. They just had to make some adjustments to it for that particular brain. Mm-hmm. The problem with coronavirus, COVID-19, is that there are about 20 strains of it in this current pandemic. This virus is mutating mm. about every 15 to 20 days. Oh, boy. 
That's wow. what makes it hard to create a vaccine. One of the things I heard about support is that I don't have the research because that wasn't my job this time. But uh, I heard about them. Yes, thanks. I heard about them converting a cruise ship into a hospital ship so that they could more quickly deploy it to areas that are overwhelmed. Uh, I know that we actually have a national hospital ship, at least. Yeah, we have a we have, I think, three of them. And one of them is deployed. Right. There are lots of different ways to deal with this now. On Chelsea's point about watching the idiots out there who are not taking this seriously <laughs> and are basically not just oh, spitting on our groceries, but spitting in the face of humanity's attempt at preservation, yeah. that all it makes me think of are the answers. Oh, boy. Mm. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe this is one way for the earth to call the herd. Of all the stupid people. Those anti-vaxxers, I'll bet you, are all just as desperate for them to come up with a vaccine for coronavirus, even though they won't say it publicly. I imagine so, yeah. Well, the other one that got me, along with the woman that coughed on the food and apparently has got four felonies uh, (laughs) attached to her for that, thank goodness. But I saw one the other day where they tracked all the people that were on spring break in Florida. Yes. Oh, God. Uh, They tracked their cell phone uh, patterns to see how all these people that were all clumped together in one place immediately went and dispersed (laughs) all across the country. I think we've all seen the video of the kids saying Corona can't. I'd rather party if I if this is the end. I will rather party. This is right. Just, just use your freaking head, right. people. Then party use in your, your own head. home. Take your ten friends to your own yeah. home, and you guys can party all through quarantine together. And you guys yeah, can all that, go down together. That- exactly. That's actually yeah, yeah. That's actually what uh, a bunch of my aerial friends and I did last night. Because since we can't go to up flying yoga, which is where I not only train but work, it's closed because of the COVID nineteen situation. We've been zooming at least once a week. So yesterday we did a big zoom and we played um a a, a bunch of games from this company called Jack box which basically provides packages of online games that you can connect through your phone and through a computer screen and share oh, with your cool. friends and there's a, yeah there's a lot of things like drawful there's fibbage there's tri- a trivia murder party it's super fun and super enjoyable that might be something that we need to do at some point um sounds just, like, a- like have some fun oh uh, yeah there's a lot of games to play <laughs> um our audience Cards Against Humanity is yes. uh, Cards Against yes, Humanity you can also do that is available online. As well. <laughs> online so. um, now, our audience may not know this because those episodes haven't come out, but I was actually in New Mexico when all of this craziness started yes. happening in the United States. Now, mm-hmm. I was not concerned that I had to quarantine myself specifically for 14 days when I came back to Los Angeles. One, because Mm -hmm. Santa Fe, New Mexico at that stage only had five cases in the entire city. And second of all, I had been with the same 50 people for three weeks. Yeah. So it's like, Mm -hmm. if one of us has it, we've all got it. And Mm -hmm. none of us are sick yet. And you've all been through the two weeks. We've all been through the two-week quarantine with each other. But I will say, somewhat similar to the woman who coughed on the groceries, that when I got home and I asked my boyfriend to come out and help me unload the car, and he was social distancing Mm -hmm. and he made a joke about social distancing i immediately jumped on him and breathed all over his face and i said you are absolutely (laughs) not doing that to me right now (laughs) i'm you as mine and he's like (laughs) if i get sick i will kill you he has not gotten sick just so you all are aware 
Yeah, I've I been home that, for yeah. a week and he's fine. Exactly. But the incubation period can last up to 14 days. All right. Well, I'll let you know if he's fine in another week. <laughs> I, I'm joking. Right. I said that jokingly. I say it, said it with love and jokingness. I really don't think that. But yeah, you never know. <laughs> and anytime his roommate makes a joke about social distancing, I just I go up and I mimic licking my boyfriend. <laughs> and it just reminds me of that Cards Against Humanity card. Licking things to claim them as your own. <laughs> humanity. I like that. That's a new terminology right now. Humanity, not humanity. <laughs> Olive has joined the podcast. Rex. She just arrived. Podcast pup is here. Uh, this, this, these are the moments where I do wish that I had a pet with me. Because of COVID-19, unfortunately, animal shelters are being stocked up with animals. They can't care for them all. And unfortunately, most of them are getting euthanized. So that's when they've been you urging can people to offer- try and adopt and foster. I can't. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. And also I'm living technically since my brother, uh, fortunately, is back home in the East Coast with my family, which is great. I do have another roommate that I'm living with and they are a little bit more restricted regarding of what animals come in and out of the facility. So it's not necessarily my own decision. It would be theirs. And right now their position is no. So unfortunately, I can't. Boo, Wyatt. Boo. Yeah, <laughs> I had to call him out. But don't worry, I got a big... Purp- I was about to say purple. It's not purple. I got a big, fluffy blue unicorn that I can hug and snuggle to at night. So I'll grab him right now and just snuggle him while you snuggle your pets. There you go. You can't see him, but he is large and charged, and he's probably like <laughs> four feet. I'll probably have to send a photo of what he looks like so that way everybody can see how big my unicorn okay. is. So I'll be holding on to him for the rest of the podcast. Imagine All right, that. so we've gone through <laughs> the research. We've talked a little bit about our views on what's going on in the world. Let's talk now about how COVID-19 is affecting each of our lives individually. Here is the thing. Since I technically work from home it's certain things that have changed but everything else has sort of stayed the same if that makes any sense whatsoever oh absolutely i would say that you and i are in a both in a unique position compared to others where we can do a lot of our yeah i mean at this point i'm still waiting to hear back on certain gigs i'm waiting to hear back on certain stuff so i may not get as much work in the next month or so but that's fine because i recently just got paid for a big gig that i was on so that's good but it's so it's just it's weird because it hasn't really changed that much uh i really only notice the change when i go outside or when i have to do stuff like grocery shopping like obviously that has changed so much they've now done the point where they only allow a limited amount of the people at a time to go in and there are certain items that are no longer there eggs have now become the next big thing that people are hoarding now there are yes. no longer any more eggs which is a little frustrating they're price gout- have eggs yes my so mother that's... was very upset she had to spend four dollars on a dozen eggs which is, sounds normal to us here in mm-hmm. california but yeah, that is not normal exactly. in washington state yeah no i i normally spend for it for like 469 for like 18 dozen pack for eggs but Correct. eggs have become the big thing that i can't find anymore i actually placed an order a few days ago to have it delivered online if i can't get any eggs by today which has happened so we shall see how that goes. But yeah, so it would, it's just basically at this point, the major changes is that I can't go to my places where I normally go work out or I train to kind of help with not only anxiety and depression, but also to stay fit and active and connect with people, which is prevail boxing and applying yoga. 
So that's always, that's, that's been a little iffy. So I've had to adapt that. I've had to adjust some things. I have actually reached out to some of my coaches so that way I can do some one-on-one -on -one training sessions with them, which is good. My boxing gym has also done YouTube live streams of workouts Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So I try to tune into those as much as I can. And at this point, I'm just trying to keep busy. I actually, <laughs> this is me putting work on myself, but I have basically reached out to a bunch of my friends and asked them to give me challenges to do within 24 hours or less. And I'm making a little mini web series on it that will be on my Instagram page. <laughs> so shameless plug there. No, cool. I am going to be doing the daily quarantine challenge series. Yay, even though the well, video- Well, make sure to put it on the Life Goals Instagram team. As well, yes, I will do that. They will be uploaded Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Yes, it says daily quarantine challenge, but I do have a life outside of this, so editing takes a lot longer. And so I've already done stuff such as, uh, I, I was I was actually suggested by our former audio engineer, Nico, oh no, producer, Nico. Hi, Nico, how are you doing? I, yeah, I, I've, uh, I've had to make a COVID-19 uh, Spotify playlist. That's been a trend. I've had to do another self-love journey thing. And right now I've tried to do a draw 10 of the first 150 Pokemon from memory. And that just proves how much of a horrible drawer I am. So that's gonna be a fun video. <laughs> and the fact that you can draw 10 from memory will prove how much of a <laughs> Well, I gave myself for sure. three minutes uh, for each Pokemon that I drew. <laughs> <laughs> you should uh, wait till you see the photos. They're just, they're way off. But yeah, I have a bunch of other challenges to do. So, I mean, Amy, Dawn, if you have any challenges you'd like to give me to do in under 24 hours or less, go ahead. The uh, qualifications that it has to be somehow inside and in indoors because of the whole shelter at home. So it could be now, it could be later, your call. All right, so here's my moment. Okay. I have been noticing everybody who is so bored and doesn't know what to do with themselves and if you are already bored in quarantine, I got news mm -hmm. for you. That yeah. means you're a boring person. <laughs> there are not <laughs> enough hours in my life for me to do everything I want to do. Oh, same I here. have so many projects. I love that you're challenging yourself, Chelsea, to try something new, but that mm -hmm. was my first instinct when you requested something from me. I'm like, girl, you have so much crap you should be doing. You should be working on the Life Goals <laughs> website. You should be rewriting Broken Beautiful. You're like, you have- I already rewrote Broken, I already rewrote Broken Beautiful. I already did that. <laughs> I sent it your way. I'm waiting for your response. I did. All right, I'll have to look back through. <laughs> Uh, but, but no, that is, no, that is true. Yes, I am putting other stuff on my plate and things like that. But go ahead. But I have on. so much to do that I was like, let me not get carried away with hashtag quarantine goals. And so I gave myself one goal quarantine. And I'm probably not even going to be able to achieve it, which I'll explain in a moment. I okay. My goal was to learn how to make Ah. Because I grow my own tomatoes and basil. And so if I want to do, um, Don, you're going to have to help me on this. I have been forgetting the name of the salad for like a week now. The Italian salad that is uh, tomatoes, basil, mozzarella, and balsamic vinegar. Boy, I can't remember that either. There's a thing called the internet. All right, hold on. Let me interwebs it. It has been just falling out of my brain. Caprese. 
A caprese salad. Yes, capri- it sounded like a caprese salad. I was yes. like, even I know what that is. I, I don't I, eat salads. Go ahead. An escape. So anyways, okay. Go ahead. I grow my own tomatoes, basil. So the only thing I'm missing to grow my own caprese salad altogether is mozzarella. Mm-hmm. So mm. I would like to learn how to make cheese. Now, the reason Ooh. I say this is probably not even going to happen is, all right, the way that COVID has affected me is it caused uh. a forced hiatus um, for the feature I was on. So mm-hmm. I had to come back from New Mexico early, and I will have to return to New Mexico when all these restrictions are lifted so we can finish making the film. And that also means that my next two features have their start dates have been pushed. Yes. One's been pushed to the second week of May. The other one I haven't heard yet. So we'll see. We'll see. But I had been home for three days, was just mm-hmm. starting to settle in for quarantine. I bought a new Xbox. You know, I was nice. like, I have, I still have tax clients that I'm working on. But considering mm-hmm. I wasn't supposed to be home until the 28th of March, I was like, mm-hmm. I'll slowly start working on them. A couple hours a day, yeah. and then I'm going to spend some time doing things for me. Yep. I was actually really excited to come home to quarantine because I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm finally going to have some much needed downtime. I'm going to be able know, to spend right? more time making music and cleaning my house and doing the things that I love and, and not working all the time. Well, yes. I had three days of quarantine, and then I just landed a huge new client. Uh oh. So well, now I mean, it's good, but still, it's great. I am working full time for the. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> till the end of quarantine, I am working full. Well, that's good. I'm very happy for you because you deserve it and you need it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. But there went all of those quarantine dreams of uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> sitting around right. and playing yeah. Xbox and. <laughs> well, you could probably always find if you were ever into YouTube, you could always find some sort of gamer playing game that you love, and then just watch them fail aimlessly That's and make not fun the of same. them, which is what I do. Uh, I'm not in. I'm not into watching playthroughs. Um, no, that is my it just means that established. I'm just, all it means is that I have to, uh, again, manage my time just like I do when I work. Um, mm-hmm. you know, when, even when I work full time shooting a movie, I still manage my time to be able to see my boyfriend, to be able to cook dinner, because mm-hmm. if this is what I want to do with my life, life doesn't go on hold while I'm at work. Yeah. The thing I think you can do, though, is definitely the cheese making is good to try to keep up because there's going to be a lot of waiting for the cheese to do something. Oh, for sure. Along the way. For sure. So, you know, you'll get all the the ingredients. Before I'm allowing myself to start the cheese journey, though, um, I do want to get caught up on things around my house. Um, I want to get the rest of my tax Uh client, my other tax clients all completed. And I want to get my housework done before I start a new journey. But in the meantime, mm-hmm. I did start right. a new group um, as part of our Life Goals Facebook page, <laughs> and it's yes. called Hashtag Kitchen Goals. Yes, you did. You did indeed. And it has already been really active, which makes me awesome. so excited. Basically, I I cook a lot. All my friends know that. But I'm not good about writing my recipes down because mm-hmm. I think about it while I'm cooking. But I don't know if the recipe is going to be a hit yet. So I'm like, eh, let's not waste a recipe card yet. And then after I'm done, I don't remember to go back. So 
hashtag kitchen goals is a way for me to kind of hold myself accountable. And when something's really good, I am immediately taking a photo of it, posting it to hashtag kitchen goals and including the recipe. So I'm saving that recipe for prosperity and sharing it with my friends and Mm -hmm. fans. And what's fantastic is I just started to invite my friends who I knew also liked to cook. And I have other friends reaching out to me saying, hey, can you add me to the kitchen goals page? I want to post tonight's dinner. Oh, that's awesome. Especially because people in quarantine are now spending more time exploring those things because they have the free time to do so. Like one of my Mm -hmm. friends, his goal for quarantine was to make his own curry. And he has already done that and posted it on hashtag kitchen goals. So that I'm pretty proud of. So when I finally start making cheese, that'll go up on hashtag kitchen goals. But back to managing my time. So now it's really just about, again, working from home, setting those work hours. And then I have, I'd already set up Alexa at the beginning of my quarantine to remind me four times a day to do things. Mm -hmm. I asked her to remind me to do some of my client work, to spend time on a hobby, to spend time on a personal project, stuff like that. So then when I started working full time, I just changed the hours of those reminders. So now mm-hmm. when my working day is supposed to be over, she's going to remind me to do those other things. So that no, way I can, I can still make time to play Xbox an hour a day. I can still mm-hmm. make time to work on learning the bass guitar. Yeah, no, that's good that you're um, that you're doing that. That's also something I've been adapting recently as well, managing my time so that way, since I still technically have a little bit of work, even if not so much, to uh, basically for the first half of the day is when I would be working on other people's projects. So, you know, working for life goals, working for some editing clients, reaching out to clients and making sure all that stuff is good on their end. And then the second half, which would be the afternoon, would be when I would work on my personal projects. So like my daily quarantine challenge or my writing projects or any other um, personal things that I'm working on as of right now. So that way I am working for other people, but for myself and having that nice balance between hobby, work, play and getting shit done. So Don, how about you? How is a uh, quarantine life been treating you? Well, I'm one of the unusual cases in the world, I think, mm-hmm. because I managed to do something before the lockdown started yeah. that was going to put me in exactly the same situation. Mm-hmm. We haven't heard it yet because that's the last episode I mentioned it, but I was in a car accident. Yep. Uh, about two and a half weeks ago now, and my car is still in the shop, and the work I do is primarily delivery Mm -hmm. stuff or lift. So I'm without work anyway and without a car, so I was already Mm -hmm. stuck at home. I was sheltering in place before it was cool. There you go. Mm -hmm. You're the true hipster. Exactly. I'm the hipster of COVID. Um, (laughs) But... (laughs) But the the other funny thing about it was the week that I got in the car accident, I was already trying to regroup my own time. There are things I want to do and I'm not doing them. Mm-hmm. So what can I do to make myself do them or to, to lead into that? Yeah. And the three obvious things are I want to try to learn newer technologies. I've been a, a legacy systems programmer since the 80s. And there are still jobs out there, but most of them have required me to relocate. Mm. And I'm tired of relocating. I want to stay here. 
So I'm doing some work to learn some of the newer technologies, and I've been working with a company called Triple Byte that you start by taking a test, and if you do well on the test, they're like, okay, well, you, you pass our interview and we'll start sending you out for real interviews. And I went to schedule their interview, and I was like, ooh, I don't know the stuff that they're covering here. So that's my study track. Mm-hmm. I have my piano here, which I think you guys have seen. Yes, we have. Uh, it's full 88 key, nice. Uh, I, I, it feels like a piano when you sit down, even though it's digital. Um, we'll see about that. And my problem is, <laughs> but I mean, I was learning piano as a kid, and for, I took piano for about two years. Mm-hmm. So all of my technique is pretty good because it's drilled into me before I was an adult and old and sloppy. Right. <laughs> so, so even that is still with me, like riding a bike. I, my problem has been, well, I don't know what to play. I, I want to try to learn to play by ear. Uh, I can read music, but like at a, you know, second grade level. So I'm try. I've printed up some some sheet music of pieces that I like. Uh, I bought a book of classical pieces that are moderate difficulty, nothing uh, like an intermediate level. And I'm trying to sit myself down on a regular basis to go through it. And the specific one is a is a Scott Joplin piece called Solace uh, that was used in The Sting, which is a favorite movie of mine. Those are my, my study tracks, I guess. One of them is more, you know, creative. I guess they're both kind of creative, but one's a little more business oriented. And- yeah. One thing I've been tempted to do is there's been ads for a uh, a free phone app that teaches you how to code. And I'm like, ooh, oh, I like that idea. That actually, yeah. When, I don't when, do coding, I, but I yeah. also know I don't have room to take on a new skill right now. Yeah, my uh, cousin had, I reached out to my cousins and they, one of them had said to learn how to code as one of your skills for 24 hours or less. So you might have to send me that information of that phone app later. I could rabbit hole this pretty hard because I've been going through all that kind right. of stuff. There's so much stuff out there. And of course there are some, I mean, I want to learn how to code is a very generic right. thing. Yeah. It's like the same thing as people finding out I'm a computer programmer and thinking I can fix their PCs mm-hmm. uh, because it's such a big, big area at yeah. this point. Uh, the focus that I have as I'm trying to learn iOS coding for iPhones, iPads, things like that. But then the last thing is, of course, the creative stuff. I had a script that I put together. The problem with that is that requires human contact that requires. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. This probably might be jumping into the next section a little bit quickly. But Amy, you had sent to us something regarding content creating during these crazy times. Actually, Don sent that out. Oh, Don. Sorry, Don. My it was it was in the same chat with you guys. So it was like, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. And Don sent it out. And I had lots of thoughts on it. Yes, you do have a lot of thoughts. On I have it, a so. lot of thoughts in general. <laughs> I think it's so crazy how many people are just like, oh, my God, I can't handle it. I need more human contact. Oh, my God, I'm just at home. I'm like, you guys realize that you spend 90 percent of your life like absorbed in your own devices and screens and not socializing with people. And now because you're forced to do that, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you need it. Shut the fuck up. You didn't need it before. So what is your problem right now? Don't act like this is a huge change. You were the people that sat at a restaurant with your friends and nobody was talking to each other because you were all busy taking pictures of your food and checking your likes on Instagram. Exactly. (laughs) You live your life on social media, so don't quit acting like this is any different. Right. 
All right. Well, this is the piece, and and I think the stuff I was talking about leads up to it because I when I miss something, I do have a tendency to beat myself up a little bit about. I said I was going to do this. I'm not doing it. Right. I'm not getting as much done as I intended. Oh, I did the same thing. But it was very interesting. My friend, uh, my friend Nick Coleman, who is another uh, writer filmmaker up in Sacramento, shared this one, and it's from Emma Zach, who I'm not familiar with. Mm-hmm. With this open time, you do not have to write the next best-selling novel. You do not have to get in the best shape of your life. You do not have to start that podcast. What you can do instead is observe this pause as an opportunity. The same systems we see crumbling in society are being called to crumble in each of us individually. The systems that taught us we are machines that live to produce and we are disposable if we are not doing so. The systems that taught us monetary gain takes priority over humanity. The systems that create our insecurities then capitalize off of them. What if we became curious with this free time and had no agenda other than to experience being? What if you created art for the sake of creating? What if you allowed yourself to rest and cry and laugh and play and get curious about whatever arises in you? What if our true purpose is in this space? As if Mother Earth is saying, we can no longer carry on this way. The time is now. I am reminding you who you are. Will you remember? It's beautiful. And I think it's a good lesson for a lot of people. And I think the fact that my life has almost not changed at all is proof that I am already living my best life. (laughs) I guess same here. Yeah, and the other aspect that, that I've been doing, I have been doing a little bit more cooking. I was living as broke bachelor for a while there, where it was just kind of like, the easier the better, if I can just go grab something right that's not too expensive. And a friend actually sent me, because of all this, sent me a free coupon code for Blue Apron. And so I got uh, one of the boxes for them delivered for free. Nice. I will say to you, I did not care for it. I liked the cooking, and there were two recipes that came with it. One of them I liked, and the other one I made last night I didn't really care for. But the other thing I looked at was this box that has two dishes, four servings each, so to feed eight different servings, it's going to be $72 or $9 a plate. Yeah, I'm like, this is not $9 a plate quality food. One of them was made with chicken breasts and the other was made with ground beef. Those are $3 a plate foods if you just buy the ingredients yourself. <laughs> exactly, mm-hmm. right. People, and the, one of them I liked enough that I'll hang on to the recipe. But the thing is, is the reason $9 a plate sounds good to the people who are purchasing those kinds of meals. Like Chelsea is one of them. She She gets meals similar to that. And that's yeah, because yeah. otherwise they would be spending $15 a plate going out to eat because they are not going to cook at home. Right. To people like you and I, Don, $9 a plate should be a lot better because we are used to cooking at home for $3 a plate. So that $9 right. a plate is to bring in the people who would not have cooked at all in the first place. Now, I have thought about doing Blue Apron or HelloFresh, but not because because I don't really see the value price-wise. Like, I wish I could order it just to get right. one meal a week, and that's only to basically give me new ideas for cooking. That right. was really, the, that's the draw for me, because I do so much of my own cooking. 
So I thought it would be nice just to be able to do that. But the lowest meal plans you can do are two meals a week. And so for me, at that price point, it's not worth it. You get one box a week and you get two meals in the box. And depending on whether you want it, servings for two or servings for four, you know, it determines how much is actually in the box. Uh, I have Home Chef. Home Chef, they have the ingredients that are sent to you and you make the meal yourself. Right. But weren't you looking at doing HelloFresh? I was, but I didn't uh, go through with it. I okay. do uh, now. I do have another system that I have. My parents have allowed me to try during this trial period because of the whole grocery store thing and whatnot. So there's. Have you heard of something called Daily Harvest? Yeah. So Daily Harvest is another food delivery company where they basically primarily specialize in like smoothies, chewables, a lot of healthy alternatives and they basically have a lot of frozen items that you can put in your freezer and all you have to do is take it out mix it with your liquid of choice which would be like almond milk orange juice whatever and then you have like a smoothie or a meal ready to go so i've been using that as like an alternative for like when i go on walks i have like an actual smoothie when i get home and they're actually really good and delicious whether i will keep up with it i don't know for sure but i have been using it for the last few days and i really love it that's cool yeah Another another aspect for when I get my car back is that, not surprisingly, the shop for delivery services like Instacart and Ship right. are exploding oh, right now. So when I've got my car back, the opportunity is there to make money over the next and, month. Right. And the nice thing is, is that the auto shops are all still working. So your car is getting worked on because transportation is one of the essential yeah. services. Oh, yeah. So those places are all still yeah. in business during this. Yes. Exactly. And on top of that, he called me and said after they turned in their estimate for it, it included a number of third-party parts and used parts. And he said they managed to get uh, OEM parts for everything at the same price. And so it's going to be actually a newer car than it was when I left it. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, shiny. Shiny and pretty. (laughs) All right. All right. I think that's a, yeah, we're all caught up with we're each other. We're all caught up. Um, I don't know if we should really give each other challenges because it sounds like we've already no. each got a challenge that we have set out for to complete yes. during our quarantine. I'm going to make cheese. <laughs> uh, Don mm-hmm. is going to work on playing piano and learning uh, some yeah. some new computer techniques to further his computer career. And Chelsea is going to challenge herself to do uh things in 24 hours and video diary it yeah because that's the only way that i've noticed since i do video editing and that's primarily my job and what like thrives me to do work it's how i hold myself accountable if i make a video out of it if i don't then i lose track of it so yeah i hold myself accountable by posting things to life goals yes exactly (laughs) you know because i am accountable to the fans and so that's Mm -hmm. why i did hashtag kitchen goals love it so, Chelsea, I believe you did a hashtag hunt for us. I did. Um, it was this one, obviously, since it's we're in this stage of panic and anxiety and there's not a lot of information going on. There were a lot of like tweets and posts regarding of, like blaming people for this, blaming for that. There was a lot of negativity. China. So, it's all yeah. China's <laughs> fault. <laughs> Exactly. So I just, I I will read off what I have and hopefully we can end on a good note. So let's see. 
As someone who recently spent almost a week hooked up to a ventilator and probably wouldn't be alive today without one, I can attest to the importance of ventilators and the need for an adequate supply. Hashtag coronavirus, hashtag coronavirus USA, hashtag COVID-19, hashtag COVID underscore 19. And then they retweeted a New York Times article regarding the scarcity of ventilators uh, in the US right now that are needed for critically ill patients. So next one. Trump's latest hashtag coronavirus misdirection. If no action were taken to combat it, 2.2 million Americans would have died. Who was suggesting no action be taken? We had a lot of people saying we shouldn't do anything. Just write it, write it like a cowboy. Write it like a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might like that one. Is that a hashtag for it? <laughs> hashtag write it like a cowboy. Did they put that on I there? will tell you guys, like, I said I was excited to come home to quarantine because I was thinking about all the things I could get done. Mm -hmm. But while the rest of the world is, you know, out of standing still. But in my recovery meetings, you know, a lot of people are expressing like extreme anxiety over what's going on. And I yeah. feel the exact opposite. I'm like, the world is going down in flames and I have a front row seat. Pass me the popcorn. <laughs> i don't know if i want to be paired with you if it was the end of the world amy but i love you too much so we're gonna see <laughs> what happens when it gets to that point but we're not there yet okay next one my dear friend just got out of the hospital he was there for 10 days with the hashtag coronavirus i'm so grateful he is okay crying emoji these past weeks have been so emotional he was in an la hospital stay safe and healthy friends with the prayer emoji so a lot of reach out support be like, don't ignore this. Stay at home. Chelsea, Another one. <laughs> I gave you hashtag hunt because there's so many good, funny things out there about COVID-19. <laughs> Why did you go this direction? Jeez. This you know me, be... I, don't, I don't always focus on the fun. Sometimes I focus on the thing. Yeah, so. Um, I know. I was again. trying to direct you in a way that nope. you would only focus on the fun. <laughs> So I might find some funny ones. There might have some funny ones in here. We'll see. I like how she says I might. Uh, okay, so this one's from Steve Diaz. He looks like he's a comedian, but I'm not exactly sure. Here we go. I bring you glad tidings of great joy. We no longer have to debate with each other the socioeconomic calculus of whether the cure is worse than the hashtag coronavirus disease. We are now going to find out in real time depression it is then. I don't know if that's funny or not, but that was one. <laughs> I feel like it's a it's a comment on anti-vaxxers. Yeah, I think it, it says if is. the cure is worse. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. that's a comment on is right. it better to vaccinate your kids with these vaccines that you don't think are good for them, or is it better to cure the virus? Well, and there's also the the aspect of it that I think the president attached himself to was the idea that the impact on the economy is part of the cure oh, and we can't make that worse than yeah so mm -hmm. that's that's the way that phrase has kind of been going around lately okay. and so whenever that comes up that's what it makes me think Interesting. of eh. all right so next one passion tied in the time of plague without mess without confession is a just punishment for the world we have created for ourselves hashtag passion tide hashtag coronavirus <laughs> okay so the so the so the next two that i'm reading off are from instagram and so we will be sharing these in our feed 
One is a lovely photo that says thank you with a bunch of hearts around it for the parents, the teachers, the neighbors, the medical professionals, the grocery store clerks, the restaurant workers, and Instacart. So give thanks to these people because they are doing their hardest to help people through this pandemic. And then this, this I have to show Don afterwards, but it'll be very funny. But it is a picture of a pug with a surgical mask on and a uh, the nurse's like cap <laughs> on their head. I forget exactly what it's called, the surgical cap. And it says, now can I go for a walk? Hashtag coronavirus. <laughs> I'll have to show that to you in the text feed later, but it's, it is kind of That's adorable. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. And this is one that had a really good, long, but positive statement that I liked. It's an odd sensation when you're 26 years old and having to have the what will happen to your dogs if you're hospitalized for a period of time or pass away conversation with your parents. Being severely immune compromised right now has brought up a lot of conversations I never would have thought of having this young. I just want to take the time to thank each and every one of you for all of your ongoing support throughout the years. I hope you all stay safe and healthy, both mentally and physically, and I hope the same for those you hold dear and near to you. Make sure to tell those you love them that you love them. These are uncertain, difficult, and high-stress times. Supporting one another is essential. Stay positive. We will get through this. I just thought that was really... That's a good... That was a good one. I wanted it's to end nice. on a good one. Yeah. yeah. You know, the best post I have seen during mm-hmm. the coronavirus was on a Facebook group I'm part of called Mouse for Life for Disney lovers. Mm-hmm. And it was a couple mm-hmm. that recreated Disney's Paint the Night electrical light parade in their living room. <laughs> and they nice. do it to wow. the music from the from the electrical parade. And they, they basically, they took like little fairy lights and covered themselves in it and wore costumes and, and did each of the floats. And Aww. it was such That's an awesome. adorable That's use cute. of their random free time. And trying to get their Disney fix in without being able to go to Disneyland. My gosh. You might have to send that to me so that I could send that to my friend who's obsessed with Disney. So we'll we'll see. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I've been looking through my Facebook posts, seeing if I can find one that sums up my whole COVID-19 perspective. And I think this one really kind of nails it. I came so close to taking a shower today. So close. (laughs) I hope everyone out there is staying safe and enjoying this newfound freedom that you have during the quarantine. Or if you're like me and you're still having to work full time, hopefully you're getting to binge watch Netflix at the same time. Yeah, I got a lot of shows I got to catch up on now. So now I don't really have an excuse. Exactly. And, you know, mm-hmm. people have lots of podcasts to catch up on. Wink, wink. Yes, yes, yes for sure. Yeah. Indeed. Including producing or editing them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> wink, wink. Wink, wink, wink. Wink, wink, wink. Can you feel the wink? <laughs> yes, I feel I feel you breathing down my neck, probably more like licking the back of my earlobe at this point with how much you've been breathing down on other people during this pandemic, <laughs> Amy. I'm marking you as mine. <laughs> ah, I felt it. I felt it. Ew, Amy, get off me. <laughs> well, guys, okay, I, until yeah. next time. 
<laughs> I'm Amy Covell. And I'm Chelsea Wingo, and we've had our lovely guest Don say hi again. Hi again. Yes, and you have been listening to Hashtag, Hashtag Life Stay safe and healthy, everyone, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.